Good morning. This is Papa Tom at the Father's Heart Talk Show. And I have with me this today a special guest, or coming from all the way out in Beverly Hills, California. And he's the son of Oliver Stone. His name is Sean Stone. And Sean is um, somebody I've been introduced to through a mutual friend. And we have a lot of thoughts that seem to be uh, focused on the same truth, if I might relate it that way. And Sean's going to share a lot of things that he has been uh, exposed to in his life to reveal a lot of things that um, we believe our audience should be aware of. Not to cause you to be afraid, but to be aware of them so that you can overcome the fear, because we know that the Scripture tells us that perfect love casts out all fear, and perfect love comes from only one place, and that's the heart of God the Father. So we know that our listeners know our mission statement, bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to their fathers, both naturally and supernaturally. With that, Sean, tell us the audience just a little bit of background of Buzzsaw and the different relationships you have with your dad and and, uh, the different things you've done in the last uh, 30 years or so. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, so I mean, I grew up uh, kind of in between different worlds. At one level, I was uh, on, you know, Hollywood film sets, you call it, although my dad shot a lot of his films abroad in uh, Thailand and Philippines, you know, films like Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July. And then I was, um, I was actually in some of the films like Wall Street and uh, The Doors and then JFK, which was uh, a monumental piece, conspiracy film, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But uh, you could say I was red-pilled, you know, I was red-pilled at seven years old. So everyone has their mm-hmm. moment of saying, like, when they started to wake up and realize, you know, the world wasn't what they thought or had what they'd been taught. And thankfully, I wasn't ever really indoctrinated in a perspective of this is the way things are. It was more like, oh, okay, the the reality is not what you think it is. And, you know, going through school, I was, you know, already being educated by my father and, and other influences to see things and to see through the media, for example, uh, you know, at a very young age, just recognize the lies and deception of the media. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I had, a, you know, an interesting upbringing. And then, uh, and then I, I went to college, I went to Princeton and studied history and wrote my thesis, which became a book called The New World Order. And uh, in out of college, I, I uh, ended up doing some documentaries and a feature film uh, called Greystone Park. And then that led to working on conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura. And that led to doing a bunch of uh, media shows like Buzzsaw is one of them, and that was picked up by Gaia. And then I worked for uh, RT for a few years uh, for a, a news program called Watching the Hawks. And, uh, and then I've done, again, in the, in the meantime, I've done documentaries and have some features, and, and I just did a, a docuseries called uh, Best Kept Secret that we released a couple of years ago. And uh, we can talk about everything and more. And I currently do interviews through my, um, basically my Patreon and uh, a new platform called BU. TV. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, you have a face for the movie, so you're not stuck with just radio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, well, thank you. You know, I didn't uh, mention this before, but I always wanted to go to Princeton, and I ended up going to Georgetown mm. University on an academic scholarship. But in applying to Princeton, I applied under a Navy ROTC scholarship. And this was right in 1970 when the Vietnam War was going on, and they were bombing the armory in Princeton. So it, it didn't huh. work out too well. <laughs> who, who was bombing? Was it like a the weatherman kids. or who was doing that? It was some of the yeah, students. not weathermen. Not, like not weathermen, no. Really? But uh, I shouldn't yeah. say the word bombing. There was an uproar on Princeton's campus. Bombing was oh. not, probably not the correct okay. word to use, but they were 
okay. They yeah. were protesting. There were real bombings. It wasn't a real bombing. There were, no. there were some. There were real bombings going on at the time. You know, real. Uh, you know, the people getting killed and wounded in those explosions. Sure, sure. So anyway, um, it's interesting that in your background, you were exposed to media very early in your life, and we know that the word media comes from the word Medes, which is a description of Satan as the prince of the power of the air and how he can use the Medes or media to uh, deceive people and to create illusions mm -hmm. and narratives and lies, basically, to cause people to be afraid. Mm -hmm. And so you've been seeing on the other side of it, you were, you were raised in an environment that uh, you could see the other side. And yet at the same time, you had a very, um, how shall I say, uh, high-level education at Princeton. It's an Ivy League school. And you saw what the yeah. educational system wanted you to see. And then you were yeah. uh, taught by your father about, which is interesting as the father's hot talk show, <laughs> you're taught by your father things mm -hmm. to look at it from a different lens and a different perspective. And that has given you a great insight into exposing a lot of the lies and which we're going to talk about in the next uh, few minutes in these different segments that we're doing. Um, and so what are your thoughts about that, your, your knowledge growing up <laughs> and the exposure you had from your father that allowed you to have a different lens? Mm -hmm. Well, um, it's so much to cover. Uh, what you just said was the lies and the, you know, the devil being a prince of the air, right? The airwaves is where, uh, my dad did a very powerful film called natural born killers in the nineties. And I was in it as well <laughs> as a kid. Uh, but there was an important point that he was making about the media, even though the film, you know, could take it, it has, you know, some very dark and distorted things in it. But there's an important message about how the media creates uh, news, right? It creates it like the weather. It's like it's man-made weather, right? And it tries to perpetuate the news everywhere to tell you this is what's important. This is what you have to focus your attention on, right? Mm -hmm. And this is where the cycles, you know, have been closing in until I think we finally been broke, broken out of it. But those news cycles really like came to a head, I would say like in the nineties and the two thousands. I think we like the, you know, the war on terror and the Iraq war and stuff where it was just like this constant fixation on, you know, terror or before that it was, you know, uh, the drugs, you know, the gangs, violence, the theft, right. Mm -hmm. uh, all these different things. And it's all fear based. That's all fear porn. And it's like, it takes you out of your reality. And so, you know, I'm someone that doesn't wake up and read the newspaper. It's like I don't wake up and watch the news. You know, it's like you got to realize, hey, it's not that's not my reality. So why do I need to, why do I need to bring it into my reality? If you know, if you're interested in something, sure, you can learn about it. But you, you need more than a, a five minute talking head. Right. Or, uh, you know, a five minute uh, news, you know, news cycle to really understand a topic. You got to get in there. And so I had the privilege of traveling a lot as a kid. I mean, my dad took me to. 20, 30 countries all over the world, you know, all the continents practically, except Antarctica. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like it let me see perspectives that we weren't getting in the 90s when we were bombing Serbia. I, was, I went to Serbia, you know, with my dad right after the war. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, wow, like, there's a whole other perspective that you never got about sure. the CIA arming the, KL, the Kosovo Liberation Army, and, and they were doing drug trafficking through Kosovo. And that's why it was important to secede it from Serbia and how we had basically fostered the conflict, uh, we being the deep state, you know, really not, not like what most Americans are thinking of their government, but like, as we know, the deeper state that's working to basically create conflicts and they wanted to splinter Yugoslavia. Mm -hmm. 
so it was using real maybe real ethnic tensions but exacerbating it and playing all the sides and at that time working with the jihadists in in the Bosnia conflict because mujahideen from afghanistan and other countries working with them to you know to basically splinter yugoslavia and then years you know then a few years later turning around and saying oh these guys are al-qaeda <laughs> well you know you were yeah. fighting right beside them you were using them all through the 90s <laughs> okay well it's a very interesting we're going to be coming up to a break here in a few minutes or less than a minute and i would just want to uh, our audience to realize that it's true we're being programmed all the time through the media and we've been programmed to, to allow ourselves to be programmed. We're being taught that you need to be educated, and, you need, and the education comes from the news. And so everybody wants to find millions and millions, tens of millions of Americans are being taught that they should go to Wall Street Journal or uh, the Washington Post, the LA Times, or all the different uh, broadcast stations to get their information, when that's the place you shouldn't be going to get your information. Uh, the Father Saw <laughs> Talk Show is a an angle to try to present through media a whole different way of presenting what's true and an uncovering of that which is false. So we'll be with you back in about five more minutes or five more seconds and um, look to see you in a minute. Take care. So we are back with the Father Talk talk show and we have Sean Stone going to answer a very interesting question. An interesting question is we last discussed how the media is being used to show us lies and um, a narrative that's not true. So when somebody does discover what's true, how do you prove, Sean, that what you're saying is true versus what the media is saying is true? It comes back to like Pontius Pilate, what is true? Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, you know, the problem with our realm is that, not a problem, it's the beautiful thing of our realm. The real beautiful thing of our realm is there are infinite perspectives. And there are, in those perspectives, there are qualities or relative truths, right? There's relative truth to any, to, to just about any fact in the physical realm, right? Mm -hmm. There's, uh, it, it's very difficult to say, you know, to say anyone holds the truth, right? That's why when it comes to spiritual things, we say, okay, well, maybe we need to start tuning into our intuition because there's a greater truth. Mm -hmm. And we can feel that, right? We can feel when something feels good and when something feels off. That's an intuitive knowing, right? So what I believe is we have to come back to our intuition more than anything, which is oftentimes blocked because we're in the, the programming that's been given to us, right? Various structures of belief and the way that we expect things are as opposed to doing, following our intuition to let us into new research, into new ways of seeing and perceiving. And you know, I don't claim to know the truth. I've spent, you know, I spent uh, months researching and doing my, my thesis work. As I mentioned, I wrote a book called The World Order. And I don't know the, you know, I don't know all the truth of, of, of that, you know, of what the New World Order is. I just, I can only bring up evidence and make, you know, what we learn in, in you know, in our education system, right? You bring mm -hmm. up evidence and you make, you make your point, but you also recognize in that process that there's plenty of evidence that you don't bring in. And mm -hmm. that's why you know how, this this thing really works that you know you can basically find evidence for anything you could find right you could find evidence to, you know to support just about any claim and that's what we learned too through the through the education system was there were a lot of people that were really good at as they said bsing right just like mm -hmm. making a claim because you know they found evidence for it even if they didn't believe it it's kind mm -hmm. of sophistry right it goes back to the that's true. Plato and Socrates, <laughs> right? The sophists were just like, hey, I can argue this point because I, I you know, hey, I, 
it's fun and I know, and I can argue it to the end and there, there is some truth to it, so why not? And maybe they're getting paid for it. Maybe there's an agenda behind it. So you have to come back to that intuition of like, hmm, is there an agenda at work? Is there something that, that basically uh, is, 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 is pushing this? And so I've always been more interested in like, what's the agenda? Even if there is some, you know, some level of truth. I mean, you take any event, right? It's like, you know, the Iraq war. It's like, yeah, sure. there's truth to, to the, you know, the fact of Saddam being a bad guy. And, you know, like, you know, is it worth taking him out? You know, like that, that's, you know, there's truth to that and there's, there's perspectives. But like when you look at the agenda, you have to ask why, what is the deeper agenda here? And that's always been my question. What is the, the deeper power at work? What is the deeper That's a uh, good motivation? way of looking at it. It's always said that the worst lies have some truth in it. And, and most people don't understand the difference between facts and truth. They think of something as a fact, mm -hmm. it's truth. Mm -hmm. Well, not necessarily. Lawyers have been trained to or rearrange or arrange or rearrange facts in telling a narrative mm -hmm. that's anything but the truth. Lawyers are very good at that. <laughs> and we find we found that journalists seem to be very good at that too. Um, and a lot of people mm -hmm. in the media can take certain facts and as you said correctly, omit certain facts. So what you choose to put in mm -hmm. as facts, what you choose to admit, omit from uh, a factual uh, rendition can paint a picture that's not true. And the only thing we really know that's true exactly. is true is the Word of God. So the Word of God is mm -hmm. the filter through which we ask to view everything that is actually true. And that gets back to what's the thought behind the thought, which is what you were trying, mm -hmm. I think, alluding to. He said, what's the agenda? The agenda is the thought mm -hmm. behind the thought. If the agenda is power mm -hmm. and control, and the objective of gaining power and control is to cause people to have fear, then that is a lie. And that's the mm -hmm. if that becomes the agenda and you, re you register yourself, I, I would caution you with the word intuition because I understand what you mean mm -hmm. by the word intuition, but the intuition can lead you into a lot of bad places, as you also refer to, is because we... We've been programmed to believe certain things, and therefore, if we're well, f following our intuition, which is led by the programming, we could often go awry. But if we, if we feel inside, yeah. if we understand what the Word of God is saying, and we follow, uh, the Scripture also talks about being led, as you know, um, walk by faith and not by sight. If our spirit is telling mm -hmm. us that this is registering with the Word, then we have a, that's leading us to the truth. If our spirit is telling us this is against the word, yeah. this is coming from a power and control place that's causing us to be afraid, then all of a sudden we, you know, our, we, the discernment level goes way up, and we begin to see, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, the direction this is heading is a, a false way because it's leading us to fear, which leads us to disconnection, which breaks up the connection we have with God the Father, which breaks up the connection we have with the people around us. Anybody who is fearful, I always use those words, worry, anxiety, and fear lead to mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, and suicide. That's, that's the way it goes. Mm. And that's a, that's a well, demonic... why you have a society. Yeah. You have a society, as we see, that, this, that is so depressed, you could say, in many ways. I mean, it's a society that's not building things in a way that's visionary unfortunately you know we have a society with too much drug abuse too much uh addiction and and basically depression i would say it's despair because you know we're living in cities that are i call 19th century cities <laughs> you know mm -hmm. they That's haven't true. really they've grown a little bit but they're not we're not really visualizing a 
a more abundant, vibrant future, right? We don't, I remember growing up and like going to, you know, Disneyland and seeing the cities of the future, right? And it's like, it was this, there was still like a, an optimism. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, well, the future is just new domains of virtual experience, right? And virtual selves. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the actual, like the new technologies, the new energy technologies, the, yeah, the, the high, you know, the high speed systems of rail and, and flight and everything, you know, discovery, exploration, reconsidering our universe. It's like that, um, that spirit has kind of been zapped by this, this, this decimation that's taken place in my art, my documentary, A Century of War argues that it's very much been an aspect of the deep state agenda basically to to kind of sap the energy and strength of the of america that was so great that you know won two world wars and built this you know this a major economy and this beautiful like this beautiful land that we have inherited it's like we've kind of lost sight of what we're what we're doing and i think this is a critical moment we're at now where it's like fear is is the only thing blocking us from building a, a more amazing future that's true. We're coming to an inflection point in history. Look what happened to us recently with COVID. COVID, the whole, look at the fear that came into the world with COVID. And then the uh, the solution we were given was the, the vaccine, so-called vaccine, a jab. And um, that's, uh, you know, something that is, uh, I don't think people even realize what was going on with that. But all you have to look at the statistics now, those are facts. Look what the number of suicides that went up during COVID. Look at all the anxiety and depressions mm -hmm. that went up, all the mental health issues that rose dramatically because of COVID, right? And that was, that was mm -hmm. something that was presented to the world as something that was uh, lethal. It's the fear of death. It's lethal. And, you know, mm -hmm. the only solution to it is going to be take the jab because that's the solution, which the end game was really taking the jab for even more worse things that you do. Which gets us back to that story I was telling you earlier about um, um, Mission Impossible, where the first scene is a, <laughs> a scene where there's a nuclear sub appears on the radar screen. It's really a phantom, as you said. And mm. there's a, a phantom, mm. and they see the phantom, and they get all of a sudden that phantom's going to, uh, sub is going to attack us. So they uh, <laughs> counterattack. So you had the, the illusion went to a lie, and the lie was they were counterattacking us. The first lie was the illusion mm. existed. Which it didn't, and then uh, out of mm -hmm. fear that the other submarine was going to attack the Russian submarine, the Russians turned around, opened up their tor uh, torpedo torrents, and attacked this phantom sub. Which, when their mm -hmm. torpedoes went through it and there was nothing there, they turned around and those um, torpedoes ended up attacking them and destroying them. That whole process of mm -hmm. the illusion and the lie mm -hmm. causing the fear and then causing the reaction to the fear. We are experiencing, the movie shows that over and over again, by the way, and we're experiencing that in life. So there's a very interesting phenomenon how movies can be used to show us certain things uh, about life and that we're confronting, and they're, they're trying to tell us, give us a message in that. Tell me a little, tell our audience a little bit, of, I find it fascinating about what you uh, wrote about with the New World Order as your thesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, basically the drive by the British Empire, I mean, I really focused on, I, it got, I got to that top, the character of um, Henry Kissinger's mentor at Harvard, William Mandel Elliott, because uh, Elliott was an interesting case study of someone who, you mentioned the education systems and how you're, you're indoctrinated. It's very true. Like there's a, there's a huge uh, grooming process that, took, that takes place, you know, as you go through the education, higher levels, especially like 
you know, the public school system is already shot and that's already like a, a screwy education system, which is meant to dumb down. But it's like if those, you know, they, they basically create a, a situation where those that can be filtered through, right, to the upper echelons of the boarding schools or the, the, the Ivy Leagues and the prep schools and whatnot, or the best, you know, the best of their colleges, you know, they're basically being uh, monitored. And so someone like Elliot, who trained Kissinger, was himself, was a, Elliot was a CIA guy. He, uh, he was uh, connected to the Rockefellers. He was an advisor to presidents. And so you see like this nexus, and we see this throughout. I mean, the nexus of the military industrial complex, the scientific industrial complex, the, the educational industrial complex, right? And how it becomes a very small group, right? The nexus gets smaller and smaller at those levels of power, right? Ultimately centered around money and, 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 and Washington, you know, right? Where, where the money is created out of the Federal Reserve System. So it's like... Um, I wanted to use his this character of Elliot, and as I understood him, he was trained by the British imperialists, the Roundtable Group, they were called, and their agenda was very clear. And they said, you know, in the will of uh, Cecil Rhodes, who bequeathed them with their endowment, he said, I want to basically re reincorporate America into the British Empire. <laughs> so it was very clear why America became so tied to England through the 20th century, and this relationship basically as the military arm the, 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 the muscle of the British Empire. So as the British Empire so-called you know, collapsed into the Commonwealth, it was actually transitioned to this concept of a new world order, which is centralized government using these international agreements, treaties, uh, World Bank, IMF, things like this, trying to basically bring the power and control out of the hands of we the people as individuals, out of our individual hands, our, our communities, our states, and, you know, even past the federal government, the federal government already consolidated power but in a gross way throughout the 20th century. And then, you know, think about the GDP, for example, how much the gov federal government spends. You know, it was yep. nothing before the Federal Reserve System. You're right. So now it's like, you know, now you have a consolidated federal, federal government and then that thing gives way to the, the, the centralized uh, United Nations and all these different agendas of basically taking the power away from you, the decision making away from you as an individual. And um, that was, yeah, sure. you know, that was very clear. That's what I was documenting in my book. Good, Sean. We got a break for a minute. So uh, we're back here again with Sean Stone, and uh, he was describing some very interesting things that I would say, not one tenth of one percent of the people in America understand what he's probably talking about, and that has to do with uh, the background coming out of the British Empire of trying to uh, the New World Order coming under a a governmental world uh, run by the British, and uh, they're using Americans. The ties between America and Britain through the Round Table was established by Cecil Rhodes from South Africa. He's the guy who did the diamond mines and so forth. I believe that um, the history would show that Cecil Rhodes was a homosexual and a pedophile. That's probably not important in the, in the history of the world. It's more that he uh, is being used as an instrument to bring about the New World Order from his thinking process. And he co-opted uh, the Freemasons, bringing the Yorkshire Rite and uh, the, uh, the Scottish Rite into Freemasonry because he could catapult on the basis of it being secret. And all these secret societies, Freemasons being one of them, Illuminati being another one, uh, Skull and Crossbones, I, bless, I guess, in, uh, in uh, Yale. These are all secret societies uh, linked together by the same intention of having a new world order and having power centralized 
around the world, all these governments, instead of there being nation states, they would all be subsumed under this one world government run by the, the British, or they call it the Anglophiles. And, and even um, Hitler took up on it with the Aryan race. They had these superhuman people mm -hmm. that they thought were Aryans or so forth, um, but they were evil. It's, it's not a question of uh, racialism or racism and from a color of skin perspective. It was um, actually much more perverse than that. It was evil people. Don't look at somebody from the point of view of what their color of skin is. Look at what their intention of their heart is. If the intention of their heart is evil, which is power and control, again, we talked about that before, this was what brings about um, tyranny and how we they overcome or attempt to overcome our freedom. And unfortunately, many people don't understand what's going on. They'll sacrifice their freedom for security, and really the sacrificing of their freedom for security, they end up under a tyrannical government, and that's the Satan's game plan. So um, getting back to the New World Order and the thesis that Sean had written when I, well, you were at Princeton at the time he wrote this, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, I was, yeah, I was studying for my thesis and uh, uh, my, you know, I don't think they necessarily loved it. <laughs> yeah. my, my advisor was good, but the other professor didn't love it. Yeah. Well, I remember I was at Georgetown, there was a history course I was at one time and I wrote about the economic um, power influence and motivation behind wars was for uh, economic mm -hmm. gain. And uh, I think I got a D minus on the paper because the professor didn't like what I was saying. <laughs> well, that's the point, right? I mean, you do the, I remember very well the politics classes where they have you talking all kinds of theory, right? There's, there's realism versus idealism. And this is why, you know, countries get into conflict because democracies don't fight with, when, uh, democracies don't fight with democracies, they only fight with non-democracies. And it's just like, guys, Let's be real here. <laughs> there's economic factors. You don't go to war yeah. unless there's money involved. War was one of the most, <laughs> you um, talk about that. Yeah, most powerful economic engines behind the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds made all their money on war. Mm. And they financed both sides. And the, Yeah, they made that fortune on the Napoleon. Uh, exactly. They, uh, they basically had advanced knowledge of his loss at Waterloo, and they were able to... Uh, to make a fortune, a killing, because they had that insider information. But mm -hmm. you're right, they did finance a lot of sides, including, you mentioned Cecil Rhodes. He was financed by, uh, I think it was Lord Nathan Rothschild was his benefactor. Mm -hmm. And his, uh, yeah, very, very close financially. And, and so, yeah, I mean, they, they were using him to basically exploit the gold and the diamonds of Africa. The beers, um, you know, comes from, comes from Rhodes, uh, what he set up there. And you know, he was he was a racist. And if you talk about this uh, white supremacy stuff, I mean, this, a lot of it came through the British Empire initially, um, the Darwinism, basically dar social Darwinism, right? The Huxleys and others adapting Darwinism to suit this concept of we are the British, the uh, noble race, right? Right. And uh, people like Rhodes picked up on that. And of course, the British were very racist. And, and sure. you know, not all of all Brits, but I'm saying that upper class and aristocracy. And, uh, you know, yeah, and, and Hitler, you know, he, he, Hitler's genetics programs, his eugenics programs came from the Anglo-Americans having their meetings on eugenics. Mm -hmm. that they actually, you know, it was our scientists that were having these discussions, right, about, you know, the race traits and things like this. And, and it was like the eugenics program was very much an Anglo-American idea. People yes. like the Harrimans 
Perriman's uh, wife was a, a big benefactor, uh, benefactor for the eugenics programs here. And so the, at the end of the Second World War, when eugenics got an ugly word, it, it turned into an ugly word, they changed it over to um, call it like, you know, basically what, studying the genome, the human genome project, uh, transhumanism, all these kind of things that they basically had to re, 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 um, repackage. repackage because <laughs> eugenics had become ugly after yeah. Hitler Hitler took it to uh, that extreme, obviously. One of the roots of that thinking process, I believe, came out of 1859, where Charles Darwin wrote The Origin of Species. And the first time in the history mm-hmm. of the world, he took the human race and divided it into four skin colors, white, mm. yellow, red, and black. And because of the, mm. uh, the, the lie, basically, of um, you know, Darwinism, right, um, and mm-hmm. he said that the blacks were furthest away because they were closer to the apes. So this whole idea of evolution mm-hmm. and uh, defects, as you mentioned, you know, uh, in uh, and they're trying to get away with eugenics about that. And Cecil Rhodes also understood and read that document, The Origin of Species. And then mm-hmm. in the 1860s and 70s and 80s, you know, right, rolling forward, rolling forward on that thought. And mm-hmm. that was what Margaret Sanger picked up with, with Planned Parenthood. That's what uh, Hitler picked up with, with the Aryan race and eugenics. It was all based upon eugenics. Mm-hmm. It was based upon Darwin's theory of evolution and how this false yeah. Yeah, lie about how human beings are created in the image and likeness of God was somehow defective if they had different color skin. I mean, you can't get mm-hmm. much worse than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what yeah, racism... No, the, whole, the whole evolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got no, they were saying that the whole, no, the whole yeah. thought, thinking process behind evolution and the thinking process of creating um, divisions between us, like divide and conquer, based upon... Ra- racism mm-hmm. has been around for thousands of years. Slavery has been around for thousands mm-hmm. of years. Mm-hmm. Like I just listened to, a, I think it was The Sound of Freedom that mentioned that we have more slavery in the world today than we've ever had. And it was yes. deal with yes. basically Very human true. trafficking, and the biggest proponent of that is... Um, Child trafficking, as you know, and that's all based upon, well, in a sense, yeah. slavery. I mean, the, these these children are being enslaved yeah. for profit. And it's you know it's 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 you know it's it's an aspect of this system that has been created, this global monetary system, right? Where it's like it's dehumanized. We're basically we're in the process of dehumanizing people. Um, and so yeah, I mean, there's really only. There's only two paths before us, right? We choose to either empower the human being as the creative images of God that we all are, right? Mm-hmm. Or we go into this imperial modality. I mean, why, why did the Brits still have a, a king and queen? I mean, think about how crazy that is. We're in a world where someone says, you're born into a family that makes you royal. You are a king. The rest of you are peons. <laughs> I mean, how insane are we? That we are thinking like this is still okay in, the, in, this, in this age. It's like, no, we have to empower every, the human being to know that they are divine beings, every single one. And so you mentioned the children. The war on the children has been perpetuated. My series, uh, Best Kept Secret, talks about this, but it's very much perpetuated um, because that's the purest link, right, to, to, to God, to, create, to our creator. It's like it comes to the little children. And so what is the darkest thing to do is to basically abuse and, and harm and murder and rape and everything that torture and everything that happens to children it's like it's very much a psychology of of this dehumanization process that we've all been subjected to we've all been traumatized by 
no matter what part of the world you're in. It's, it's just, it's been a horrendous process of dehumanization for thousands of years. Dehumanization and ultimately depopulation, because that's another theme well, that's a goal of too. these evil people, right? Mm -hmm. Is to depopulate mm -hmm. us, to stop human beings from... Well, Kamala populating. Harris even said it. She said it, yes. she said it the other day. It did come out of her mouth. I right. picked up on that on some podcast I was listening to. Because I don't listen to the news, but mm -hmm. somebody be a little little short on that, and uh, I listened to that, and yeah, she she um, espoused or articulated their document. They they believe in the Malthusian uh, doctrine, which states that uh, I think there was a, a reverend back in the eight, late eighteen hundreds or late seventeen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds, a Robert Thomas Malthus said that the Earth can only support five hundred million people. So that's been the mm -hmm. Luciferian mm -hmm. doctrine, 500 million people. I don't know why that number is, but they keyed in on that number. The Georgia Stones has that number, 500 million people. And we're at 8 billion people, over 8 billion people in the world, and they got to get rid of 7.5 billion of us. Depopulation. Well, someone, hit, someone, blew up those, someone blew up those Georgia Guidestones. <laughs> I heard about that, too. <laughs> well, the good news is I don't believe that's going to happen. Uh, and, uh, but we are coming to the inflection point. And there are going to be people mm -hmm. that God's going to raise up. I really believe that the people that God's going to raise up are um, the sons they referred to in Romans 8. The whole earth groans awaiting for the revelation of the sons of God. That shun, the word sons is not gender specific. It could be sons and daughters. It's, but it's a raising up of people who are close to God's heart that understand him and are adopted into his family and call him Al Abba. They understand the Father's heart. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that are not going to be deceived. They're the ones that understand the truth of his word, and that's where their strength comes from, the connection with God the mm -hmm. Father and the connection with the perfect love of God the Father, and that's what uh, insulates them from this fear that's coming upon all the people, and they're going to be the ones that lead us moving forward. Um, so that's an interesting thought you had about the New World Order at such a young age at Princeton, and uh, study all this <laughs> stuff in the background. It's just amazing to me. Uh, how uh, God has opened up your eyes and how you're in an unusual position to be uh, in media and having the exposure through your father originally, we said about that, um, and mm -hmm. how you've opened your eyes to the Word of God and how that has affected your lens through which you've seen the deep state and the history of mm -hmm. what uh, evil has done in the world um, through evil people. Mm -hmm. The round table you mentioned before, I think the other one is the, uh, the Society at Pratt House in, in, um, in New York City. And we'll be coming up to a break here mm -hmm. in a, a few seconds. And um, we will be continuing this conversation with Sean Stone. And we're going to bring out certain things that people, um, if they believe what we're talking about or not, they should research it themselves. Because I've been taught not really to try to persuade people of things, but really to present things. And you either capture the truth of what was being said or you don't. But that's up to you. That's on you. And mm -hmm. the second part of it is if you do capture the truth of what's being said, what can you do about it? What can you stand up to? And I think we're going to be headed for doing battle uh, to overcome what's being happening to the children because they're the point of the spear in this war. See you in a few seconds. Bye. So here we are again with <clears throat> Sean Stone, and we're going to be talking about how the children seem to be the pivotal point of where we are at the moment. 
We mentioned in earlier that there's an inflection point of history. We're at the coming to the end of age, maybe in the end of the age, actually. And that is apocalyptic time. That's a, a time for the uncovering, the time that the word means to take the lid off. So the, the lid's coming off. I mean, evil is exposing itself blatantly and doesn't seem to be embarrassed about showing forth the evil that's coming out and even exposing the things which are um, blatantly evil in, in epic proportions. Uh, I don't know if the world has ever seen the level of evil that we're exposed to. I'm sure it's been going on for thousands of years, and even in the last hundred years or more, we weren't aware of it. But um, I still get a sense it's even worse than it's ever been. And yet we need to have hope, for God giving us hope for the overcoming of the evil that we are, uh, what we're seeing. And the sound of freedom is one step, one baby step forward to that. I understand Mill Gibson's coming out with another documentary, but someone like Sean, an insider kind of in Hollywood, understands the media business from that side of it. So Sean, tell our audience whatever you feel that you can about what's coming through the media to reveal what's happening to the children and the child trafficking that's going on in our, in our world today. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned um, how horrible we are realizing how horrible things are. And that's an important place to get to, you see, because these things are not new, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the slavery, the death slavery, the dehumanization, the abuse of children, um, all of, you know, the, 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 the worst aspects of humanity. What's like the worst thing you could do, right? Abuse rape, murder, drink the blood of a child. I mean, these are like the worst things, right? That we can imagine. And it's like, so if, we're, if our consciousness is now ready to see the reality of this, right? What's been going on. Then we're also, I think, ready to say, okay, as dark as things can get, I think we can have more light. I think we can have a, a better, right? A better world we can mm -hmm. be living in. We don't have to be living as, as debt slaves to this beast system. Uh, my uh, my docu series Best Kept Secret talks about a lot of these things. It's like we don't, you know, we can act, we are basically as I said, we said earlier we're made in the image of God, so we can create uh, a new earth. And I think that's what's coming. I think we're basically approaching that time. I think many people understand that intuitively, right? That this is the revelation, the the un unveiling of of the you know of the basically that which was hidden is being revealed. And so it's like okay. So as dark as things have been, how about how about how light can we get? How how much more beauty and creativity can we have? A new renaissance? Can we have a, a new way of interacting, right, in a more compassionate, empathetic way, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like the the teaching of Christ to me is is actually for the the it's interesting people are like it's it's actually for the Aquarian age. It's not for the Piscean age. The Piscean age was the school system, and so we went through our school systems, right? And that was conformity, oftentimes. And now I think we're breaking through that. That was COVID was like the, the epitome of the, the Piscean mentality, right? Follow the leader, put on your mask, obey, obey, obey. And it was like humans were like, collectively, we split at that time. <laughs> half of us said, okay. And the other half said, hey, no, we're sovereign. We're, set. we're, we're here to, you know, to proclaim uh, the, you know, the good news. You know, we're, we're not afraid of death because we know that that's ultimately the greatest power that you have over us is our fear of death. And once you let go of that fear, knowing that you're connected to spirit, then they can't, they can't control you anymore. They can't enslave you anymore. They can't keep you uh, basically uh, dumbed down and ignorant mm -hmm. because you've gone past that fear of death. Right. Right. And so that was a real breaking point. I think that we actually did overcome 
we did we did fight through it. The human spirit has prevailed and it will continue to prevail because this is still God's universe. That's why I always tell people, don't get too paranoid, don't get too down. It's still God's universe. There's always a consequence to the action of the, of the dark side. Mm-hmm. You use the word python, uh, Pythian. I'm, I'm assuming that you're referring to pythos or uh, a python oh, Pis- snakes. Sorry, uh, no, no, Pisces, like the age of Pisces, right? The oh, Pisces, like I got you, okay. We were Clear. in the era of Pisces, and now we're entering the age of Aquarius, right? So it's like the age of Pisces was the fish, it was the, the fish, pool, right? right. And, yes. and so, yeah, so the Aquarian age is basically taking, you're out of the water, now you're carrying the water, now you're taking that wisdom that you took, okay, what did I learn from the Piscean age, and now we're taking that wisdom with us into onto land, we walk on the land. Now. Mm-hmm. Do you, what do you see that you could share with the audience that will give them hope? starting with the financial system, which has been a means well, that the evil people uh, have tried to control us with through the central banks. I, I see the financial system as done. I mm-hmm. see it as, um, you know, we, we all know it's coming. <laughs> and it's like, I think there's just, two, there's just two sides at work here. There's one side that wants everyone in a digital uh, uh, social credit system of fear and you can't say anything and we'll cut off your access to credit right and then you have the other the living system which is more holistic which is based in what is actually what is value right living living assets um uh freedom uh connection uh having holistic businesses um the i think the quantum financial system will empower all of this i think blockchain will offer more transparency i think the whole debt-based um fake banking system that you know basically as we know is is all based on promissory notes and their ability to create money out of nothing, out of you, basically out of you as the collateral. Right. They, they make, they create the money off of you. That that system that's parasitic. I think it's done. I just, I don't, I don't see it having a future. So um, there's two paths at work here, but there's a, there's a collapse coming. And you know, those of us that are aware and, and working with the others of the light, you know, we trust that we're going into right. a, a better future. As you know, if we just keep that faith and keep that spirit. So you're saying that the Babylonian system of debt that the Rothschilds have used for hundreds of years, where the Baron Rothschild once said, I don't care who makes the laws as long as I can print the money. <laughs> I don't care mm-hmm. who votes, I just want to know who counts the votes. You know, those two theories mm-hmm. or um, thoughts are really a control thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they're taking mm-hmm. the, tyr- the freedom away from us and introducing us to tyranny. And as you know, the scripture says mm-hmm. the borrower is slave to the lender. So if you're going to create fiat mm-hmm. money at a thin air, as you said, not backed by assets, and use this fiat money, the Federal Reserve notes, which are what our bank says, which are, I'm sorry, our currency says Federal Reserve note, there's no asset backing it. That's part of the Babylonian system of debt. When that collapses, mm-hmm. it may have already collapsed already as we're speaking here. They just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be changed to a asset-backed currencies. And the asset-backed currencies could be paper, but they also could be digital. You know, the digital is probably another form of, of uh, currency. But if as long as it's asset-backed, mm-hmm. it's completely different than the debt system that we've been under for so many years. Yeah. So the quantum financial system well, that you refer to. Not. Pardon? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead with the quantum financial. Mm-hmm. No, as you started mentioning the quantum financial system, which is probably a new term mm-hmm. to most of our audience. Could you explain mm-hmm. that a little bit further? So the way I see it is that they're utilizing the best aspects of AI to essentially, you know, again, this is more like 
um, rather than the social credit system, which is based on keeping you in fear, keeping you in line. If you say if you say something against the system, you get like Kanye West, they cut your account, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, that's that's the fear-based system. The quantum financial system, the way I see it and perceive it, is like actually, it's 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 more um, it's more equitable, but in the sense of of actually like honoring the fact that again each of us having being creators each of us having so much to offer to this world you know but why are we cut off like you know it's ultimately we have the energy we are the drivers so the system previously as you said it wasn't based on nothing it was actually based on us they were creating the credit they were creating the money based on us based on our system to evade trust basically the 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 trust that's given to us basically you know with our birth right everyone gets a birth certificate well that's the bond that's traded privately right by these by these international parasites Mm-hmm. that have put us into bondage without our knowledge and our consent. So I see it as a shift now from that where, hey, I am the asset. That's true. I'm an asset. You're an asset. Your creativity is an asset. Your energy is an asset, right? Now we should be credited accordingly to be able to actually create, right? To actually be able to come into this world with lines of credit, based, you know, with the intention of, hey, go out there and create, go out there and build, go out there and make, right? That's what we're here, you know, to do, right? Go out there and tend the earth and, and go out there and prosper and, that's that's what we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. but the whole system has been inverted so that we're not benefiting from this financial system so just a few people get to be the kings and the access you know they get the access to the lines of you know the massive amounts of credit and they get to you know play with you know what you name it they get the insider information and i think the, as we expand using again the 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 group the positive side of this of this realm of computing the quantum computing the ai systems in a positive way we use that knowledge but for the benefit of all, not just hoarding it for a few. And that's really the way I see it. It's just like, there's just the two different modalities. Ultimately, you know, it's like, this is the same earth, right? It's, it, it, we are the same assets. We have, we have, you know, access. We all have access to the fruits of the earth and the gold of the earth, but it's been hoarded by a few. And I see this whole thing being inverted essentially so that it comes back to we the people as, and we have to know how to use it because that's an empowering thing. So this whole process to me has actually been kind of got a consciousness has been observing us saying who knows how to use their talents and skills who actually is 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 doing it in a positive way and i feel like we will be honored accordingly because mm-hmm. we have proven it's like step by step we have proven that we know how to hold the power because that's really that's what we are being given essentially right we are being given the mm-hmm. keys to the new earth and yet we have to be responsible and humble right as right. The, the kings who are you know the future right we're not here to to lord over others as the kings of the past right. we're here to serve the greatest the greatest the king is the greatest servant right you know the, right the good king is the greatest servant true that's what jesus was and it told us in scripture mm-hmm. that god gave dominion to adam he gave dominion all over all the realms of creation except of the human beings and when satan took control mm-hmm. in the garden he took control not over all the other realms of con- creation he took control over human beings and that's what evil and power always gravitates to it always gravitates to power and taking away our freedom mm-hmm. because when we have freedom we can operate the way god made us in his image and likeness and he is a creator so we are procreators like he is the first thing we procreate is other human beings which satan was able not able to do he's not able to reproduce that's why he went strong into the lbgtq to thinking which is to mm-hmm. ruin people's uh, capacity their genitals and well, reproductive organs so that they couldn't reproduce exactly and the power yeah that's the best way to control the population exactly and then they get to, back to mm-hmm. um 
Rock, uh, the Rothschilds and Rockefellers, when their first control was the money. The second one, they went to energy, like oil. The third one, we went to mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. to control our minds, because pharmaceuticals mean sorcery. Mm -hmm. So we've got to bring it to a close, but mm -hmm. we, we are confident that God's going to move on our behalf mm -hmm. and change this world mm -hmm. and bring us back to we the people and give us the freedom that our founding fathers gave us in America. And with that, we thank you for listening yeah. to Paula's Hot Talk Show.